0: Radio Show, and here is the studio orchestra of the Spudman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion
1: Joe! Here comes the Spudman, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, he goes down
2: easy.
1: Here comes the Spudman!
2: It's the Spud Goodman Show! Let's get
3: ready, Trumbo!
4: And here he
3: is, the head cheese meister! It's woo,
5: Spud Goodman! Greetings, and or hola. Amigos, I am Spud Goodman. (laughs)
1: Spud Goodman.
5: (laughs) And you are now listening to a 100% real radio show. That's correct. It does not contain any additives or artificial components, so I can safely say this show will not make you sick or cause projectile vomiting. So now I will introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy give our listeners a nice little oh, chuckle r-
2: oh right now yes. okay <laughs>
5: Uh, okay, excellent. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah, and I will now also acknowledge our temporary uh, permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Say something, anything will do. Oh, okay. I am Gerald Holcomb, and
2: Look, I will be Look, I just
5: said the... your name. Oh. Can you be a little creative and not repeat what's already been said?
3: Well, Very well. Would you prefer for me to maybe do a short monologue? I do oh, happen to have no. something written down with me. If you... Uh, give me just a second here, but <clears throat> I think the listeners will enjoy this. Okay. Have you ever thought about why... um, Hey, (laughs) there'll be no stand-up
5: comedy from a a a temporary co-host on this program, okay? That's not happening.
3: Good call, yo. Uh, uh, Temporary permanent co-host. But, okay, very well. But listen, I I know people would have really enjoyed listening to my act... It's very topical. Uh, okay. I spent almost an hour jotting down some pretty darn funny jokes.
5: Well, well funny's a very subjective term. Y- you understand if I let you start telling jokes on the air, I would have to let my Aunt Dorothy here, you know, get her shot too, and then the interns
2: are going to want their moment in the sun? Well, well, I could do maybe five minutes. Most everybody has five minutes of material, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, but let's just
3: stick with our regular
5: format, okay? Okay.
3: Well, yeah. Okay. Well, there's something I wanted to bring up tonight. My wife Rachel and I, after a great deal of thought and discussion, thought it would be beneficial to bring up a topic that is touching our family right now. Beneficial to our audience? No, to our family. We, you know, we really we have no idea what to do. Your Spud. family. No one in our okay. extended family or at our church has much experience with this. Uh, I guess, situation we're in.
2: People can't figure me out. They can't
1: process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain.
5: Listen, if you want to bring up your kids selling stuff again, cookies, magazines, greeting cards, or whatever, I'll have to say no, as it's something most people would rather avoid. I mean, really avoid. It's not that easy. It's just, you know, tough to pull off these days as so many people have little kids pushing that crap. No, no, no. I wasn't going to bring that up. can't handle it.
3: Although, you know what? Our oldest, Gerald Jr., is selling pizza dough right now. Okay, yeah. But no, no, this is something much more serious. And believe me, I would not be bringing this up publicly if my wife and I had the knowledge on how to deal with it ourselves.
2: Hey, hey, I would buy some pizza dough. Just let me know who to make the check out to, huh? Oh
3: Well, that's very sweet really? of you, Mrs. Well, Mrs. Jarvis. But no, no, this, this issue involves our teenage daughter, Kelsey. She seems to have taken on a somewhat different identity lately. As you know, we've let her and her older brother now attend the high school near us. We still homeschool our youngest, but, well, it seems really she gosh, has fallen in that. with the wrong crowd. Uh, you know, just what we work so hard to prevent. You can't prevent everything.
5: What is she, like, skipped a
3: class or two this quarter? No, 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 no. She would never skip a class. She's a straight-A student who I hope still aspires to attend BYU. But no, she's lately taken to dressing quite strangely. I don't really know how to describe it. Oh, you mean like she wants to do the short skirt thing? I mean, yeah,
5: yeah, that would bug me too if I had no, a daughter, No, you? No no, 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 no.
3: You... She's wearing dresses that are down to her ankles. That's not the problem. It's the type of garb that she's wearing. It's all black, and her makeup makes her look like a, a cadaver. Oh, it's oh dear. so, so much makeup. Uh, black lipstick, too, if you can believe it.
6: I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
3: Oh, well,
5: okay, she's gone goth then, huh?
3: Y- yes. Goth. That's the word her friends have used. I mean, all the kids at our church are now scared of her. If I didn't know her and how darn sweet she really is, I'd be spooked by her,
2: too. A lot of kids go through, you know, the goth phase, and there's nothing to worry about. Just relax. Spud, didn't you go through a goth phase when you were in junior high? I seem to remember you looking quite weird back then.
5: No, I never. No, I never went goth. Really? I did a few months as a hippie. That is messed up, yo. I mean,
2: my dad never let me grow
5: my hair out or anything, but I mm. I, I wore a lot of like tie-dye T-shirts and I flashed the peace sign all the time.
2: Oh yes. At first, I thought you were always flipping me off. Uh, that is no, until I learned what that sign meant. Right.
3: Yeah, you know, I think her mom and I could handle the hippie thing,
5: but this goth thing—it's frightening.
7: I'm going to have
2: to go ahead and sort of
1: disagree with you there.
5: Well, just hold that thought. As right now I need well, to introduce our musical guest, okay. who we will be speaking with a little later on in the show. So please say hello to Mirror Glass.
4: Your brother or another But I did
1: This is a Spud Goodman show. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Spud Goodman show.
6: Hey, this is Sarah Silverman, and I am on the Spud Goodman show. I don't know how my career got this low.
3: Hey, uh, Spud, yes? your, your first guest, Al Roker, is ready for you. Okay, cool. I like Al. You know, I, I'm a big fan of weathermen and, and weather ladies, too. You, you know, Al is a superstar weatherman, right? Right. Do you agree with me, protester? Do you agree?
5: Well, of course I agree. Yeah. He, he He's an icon in the weather forecasting biz, and, and the guy's pretty
3: darn funny, too. You know, I bet your cousin Samuel would give anything to ask him a question.
5: How long has he wanted to be a weatherman himself? Well, my cousin has dreamed of being a TV weatherman since he was in, like, the sixth grade. Right. We all told him it was an impossible dream, and, you know, it turned out it was. Uh, and Even though he, he bought his own Doppler radar system, yeah. it does not look like it's going to happen. I mean, he's well past his prime for TV. Yeah. But, Spud, don't be a dream killer. Hey, 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 you shut your face!
3: You are very prone to do that to others. I, myself, I've well, been hurt many times when you continue to say, I'll never get my own radio show. That's still a dream of mine. Hey, I bet Al's falling
5: asleep while you're babbling on. Just, just put him on, oh, please. Here he is. Give a hearty welcome to weather guru, game show host, author, and all-around swell guy, Mr. Al Roker. Thanks much for visiting with us.
7: A Laurel and a hearty handshake. Thank you,
5: Spud. Yeah. So you have a two-part special Weather Hacks airing on the Weather Channel.
7: Yes, it is. And and we're, we're excited about it because the idea is, look, a lot of people know certain things you don't do and you do, and but we wanted to bring it all together with some tips and tricks some shortcuts. You know, that uh, people like to call them hacks. You know, I mean, that's the popular term now, but, uh, uh, you know, just to, to get... Folks more aware of what they need to do and how they need to prep as they get ready for uh, an impending, you know, big storm. You know, like right. you guys have had been impounded yes. uh, the last several months. I mean, you've had even, you know, some uncharacteristic snowstorms. Uh, uh, so I, I think these are things that, uh, you know, are, 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 are timely just to make sure. For example, just a little certain uh, simple thing. I mean, uh, you're cleaning your gutters out. You know, when, when you, you, if you don't clean them out in the fall, it gets cold. You know, all of a sudden you get ice forming. You know, you get a, a cold snap. And you get ice forming. Sometimes... That'll block up, and then all of a sudden your gutter pulls away from your house a little bit right. and then when the rain when it starts to melt, you get this ice damming and and you get the, you get a basically a, a drip 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 flood. In the walls of your home And that can do a ton of damage Right, I know, I
5: know Well, I wanted to say this I just love the weather channel You know, I I know that's like Your third or fourth job You have so many jobs But there are times I'll flip it on And just stare at it for hours With the sound off And just watch the temperatures Go up and down around the country Because weather is such A fascinating thing I just wanted to say that
7: well, I, I appreciate that. You know, it's one of those things I think you know, you, when I so speak to, to, to teachers, especially elementary school, they say their number one topic that the kids love and want is weather. Uh, and I think because it because it, it affects us so much. I mean, it can be benign. And, you know, when, you know, look, I've been in Seattle on a beautiful day, it, it is hard to, to beat that yep. uh, there on the Puget Sound. Uh, but, you know, when it turns, boy, does it turn, and it can turn ugly. And, you know, I mean, look, in, in these days, you know, you guys have been dealing with some flooding. You know, if you've got to evacuate all of a sudden uh, and you've got pets, does the, does the, the uh, evacuation center you're going to take pets? And if they don't, what they do you better. do? Uh, you know, what, but, but some don't. And yeah. so what are you going to do?
5: I know. You know I know.
7: So I know. We 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 kind of explain it to you and what to do, what to do afterwards. Uh, you know, people think about you know getting a, a to go bag together. You know, in case they got a leave. Yep. But they forget about what they need for their pets as well.
5: Yeah, I yeah I I, I think about that actually. But as far as the weatherman, I wanted to say this. My, my cousin Samuel's listening and he's he still wants to be a TV weatherman. He bought his own Doppler radar system. Okay, Samuel, I got your plug in. Anyway, so let me ask you this. There you go. So okay. the life of a weatherman. Do you, do you have to deal with people on the streets in Manhattan when you're walking around bugging you for the next day's forecast, because I bet it'd be a lot cooler to hear it directly from your mouth and, you know, maybe watch it, watch it on TV, you know?
7: Well, let me put it this way, Spud. If if they don't ask you, they don't stop you, that means they're not watching you and they won't, you, you won't be doing that job very long.
5: All right, all right, super. Um, well, Al, I was going to ask you if your country called one day and asked you to serve, you know, as our forecaster in chief, you know, be the head meteorologist. Uh, could you step away from the glamour of your current position and work for the government? Because I think our country really needs you. Let me just say that.
7: Well, I, I, I do appreciate that. Uh, I look, I, you know what? I, I would love to uh, have a conversation with President Trump and, talk, you know, if nothing else, and be in an advisory capacity because I think there's uh, I, there may be some misconceptions. Uh, or some uh, uh, some ideas that he might not have heard already. Uh, so uh, you know what? I think in that position, I would I would I would be happy to serve.
5: Please, God, make that happen, Spud. What? Hey, Al, just give me a sec here. Well, already? Please don't
3: insinuate that President Trump needs tutoring from others to understand the weather. He's a very smart man who knows how to dress in all types of weather. And if he has any questions,
5: he can consult NASA. Uh, Your commander-in-chief believes climate change is a great big hoax put forth by the Chinese government. He'll continue to believe that until Trump Tower in Manhattan is flooded up to his penthouse apartment. Oh,
3: I disagree with that. If flooding does occur in New York City, Miami, and other metropolitan areas across the country, as many worrywart scientists have predicted, I'm confident that... Hashtag still our president. Trump will make the needed changes to our policies and rescue us from this catastrophe.
5: But it'll be too late. He couldn't drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. as he just restocked it. So he sure as hell can't stop this disaster when it gets to the tipping point, which is already here, by the way. I think you've seen too many disaster movies with happy endings like Armageddon, Independence Day, or Deep Impact. Oh, wait, that, that last one didn't exactly end well, did it? for most of the world, so forget that one. Well, I just have complete faith in our current Commander-in-Chief,
3: and I know he will do the right thing to save our country from potential disaster. What about the rest of the world? Will he throw them at least a life jacket or something? Like he has said on many occasions during the campaign, Spud, it's high time the rest of the world learns to live on their own, as it's a new day.
5: Well, it's gonna be a really wet day for more than a few countries if we don't wise up and get this thing fixed. I don't know about you, but I don't know how to swim. Okay, I can do the dog paddle, but not for the rest of my life. Just let me get back to Al, as it's rude to keep him waiting, but this has really upset me. I gotta, gotta mellow out here. All right, so let me say this. Uh, in 2002, you had the gastric bypass surgery and dropped over 100 pounds, and I, and I hear there's some, you know, a few side issues that come with the procedure, but overall, would, would you recommend it to those who have failed at other options?
7: well here's the deal i i i don't i i don't recommend it to people be only because it's a dangerous operation uh you know one in two hundred people die uh it it is um you know it's it's a drastic step that people have to make for themselves it worked for me uh if i had to do it again i would but i'm not going to say hey go out and do that all
5: right all right super um so, you've hosted many game shows in the past. What do you think is the most important quality for a successful host? Because I still harbor dreams of one day being the host of Card Sharks, if it ever comes back.
7: Ah, yes, yes. Uh, I believe that was Peter Tomarkin. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I think listening. I think uh, listening. That's if not you not my listen strength. to what the people are saying, I think they will. Uh, you, you, you are a better host.
5: Well, I mean, you, you've excelled at it. Is there, okay, no, no little inside tip besides listening? I mean, you're you're. I mean, you're so smooth.
7: Well, you know, I don't know. It's it, it's like say, you look. Do, do you like? Let me ask you, bud. Do, do you do you like sausage?
5: Uh, no, I'm kind. Of, I, I kind of went off that. I kind of on the vegetarian thing now.
7: Oh, okay. Well, then was, uh, the analogy won't work.
5: Oh, I got uh, you but, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
7: Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's it, because it's awfully tasty, but you just don't want yeah. to know, yeah, uh, you know, what it is. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, true. We'll those Good so point. I, I think it's 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 very hard to analyze. You're, you're uh, you know, I mean, and I appreciate the compliment. I really do, but I have no idea. I just you're you're just gonna go out and you do it, and uh, and, and if you enjoy it. Then I
5: think you'll be good at it. Yeah, I, I get you know. The, if you reveal the, you know, the mystery's gone. If you get, yeah, good point. Anyway, all right. So getting back to being a weatherman and a cast member of two Sharknado movies, you have the knowledge to address this potential public safety problem. Just how likely is a Sharknado? I know they're very rare, but should we be concerned?
7: Uh, well, I think one should always be concerned about any sort of severe weather phenomenon, but one that has teeth, I think, is uh, doubly concerning.
5: All right, that's for the record. We got that. All right. Well, let me close this. Uh, Al Roker, what has been your most memorable moment as a weatherman?
7: Um, you know, I, well, you know, I, it's hard to. I would say my most memorable moment as a member of the Today Show, I'll go with that, was getting to interview uh, Peanuts uh, creator Charles Schultz oh, twice, once cool. for the 50th anniversary of Peanuts, and then six months later when sadly he was, uh, he was dying of colon cancer, but he asked me if I would come and do the interview, uh, because I'm an amateur cartoonist, and it was oh. a dream come true to, just to meet him, but then to be asked to kind of uh, let him give his last thoughts to people was uh, just an honor. That I will I, I will always
5: cherish. Wow, that's super! Thank you for sharing that. Okay, well, I you probably got more forecasts to come up with. So let me let me say this once again: that you have a two-part special, a weather hacks, airing on the Weather Channel. And I also wanted to throw out your your Twitter handle. It's at Al Roker. So hey, I just want to thank you so much. This has been a thrill for me to speak with you.
7: Well, thank you, Spot, and tell your, your your cousin to just to persevere.
5: All right, I'm going to pass that on. Thank you so much, Mr. Al Roker. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much.
0: There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman radio show right after this brief intermission.
7: Hey Al,
4: this is Gwen from Trees and Timber here on our sixth Spud Goodman performance. Because we love it so much, we'll keep coming back until he won't let us come back, and then we'll stand outside the door. Waiting for him to show up so we can beg him for more appearances. Because we love it so much.
0: We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show! Spud,
3: your cousin Samuel is on the line, Uh and he's demanding to speak with you, and the
5: interns are saying he's very upset. Uh, Damn, I was right. He was listening. All right. I'll take care of it. I'll be quick. As I know we're getting behind here, put him through. Hey, Hey, Samuel, you there?
7: I most certainly am, and, Spud, I heard Al Roker say my name on the air. That was a very hurtful thing you did, Spud. This was how you treat me? Listen,
5: Al was on a tight schedule. He only had a few minutes. There wasn't time for you to get like patched into the call. I'm very sorry about this. I know how much you admire Al Roker. Admire. But Al Roker is a god to me.
3: Uh, you, you know Samuel it was an innocent
5: mistake. It's, we were Listen, trying. To... Don't, don't, don't get in the middle of this as oh. you will regret it. Okay. Samuel, let me see if I can get Al to send you an autograph photo or something.
7: How about a letter of recommendation I could put with my resume? I don't care what you and the other doubters say. I will one day land my dream job as a TV weatherman.
5: So, Samuel, I need to clear the line. I'll call you this weekend. All right, goodbye.
7: So, are you going to ask Hal if he will write me a letter of recommendation as i
5: Oh...
3: Ah, but I think you hurt his feelings by hanging up. He'll right. get over. He'll get over. Well, okay. All right. Well, listen, this might be the one time I would ever seek your guidance, but my wife just texted me uh, to ask if you would speak to our daughter. She feels if you do this on the air, it might have more impact and I she'll take I, it more I, I seriously. I don't know if i feel comfortable, but but... I don't know why, but she's always looked up to you. And no offense, Rachel and I just can't figure that I mean, one it's, out. Too. It's
2: a mystery. All right. Y-
3: you know, she's mentioned to me on more than one occasion that she would like to follow in her dad's footsteps steps and be a radio personality too.
5: what you just said
3: is one
7: of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
5: You mean your daughter really wants to grow up and be a radio co-host? Now, I could never support that as I've met her, and and I would not wish that on my own worst enemy, let alone a really, really nice girl like Kelsey. (laughs) Well, my
3: wife and I would just like you to give her your insight into how this goth lifestyle could be so damaging to her future, not only to her skin with all that heavy makeup, but also her inner
5: soul. Inner soul? Yeah. Uh, That's that's too heavy for me, all right? I'm just a talk show host. I don't do exorcisms. Courtney, (laughs) Chloe... I'll speak, you know, I will speak with her, okay? Just for a second on the air if you think it'll help, but I just don't see what all the fuss is about. I think you and your wife are just overreacting here.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree with Spud on this one, Gerald. It will blow over. And she'll grow out of it. If not, then, hey, she can be the interesting one in the no, family. No, no,
3: you, you two have no idea how embarrassing it is. When we uh, go to
5: church services and gatherings, people are always mm. pointing and whispering.
2: That's, I see. That's their problem, not
5: yours or Kelsey's. People who have never traveled outside of their own protected environments are often freaked out and, until they can understand that just because someone looks different, it doesn't mean they're wild and crazy people. And it only makes common sense. It's been my experience that the, the so-called weird-looking people are often the most sedate and centered hmm. when you sit down and talk with them. You just have to get beyond what you see as the strange gift wrapping.
3: Mm, but you don't have any children, so you really no. don't know mm-hmm. much about parenting that, that's and, and what <laughs> concerns can arise. It's different when it's your own child. But,
5: uh, okay, I may not have kids, but, but I have always had a dog, okay? Uh, and I've raised many dogs over the years, so I know a
2: thing or two about being responsible for another living thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh well, yeah, you've been a great pet owner, owner Always. But... I oh, yeah,
5: thank
3: you. I can't Ye- believe you're comparing mm-hmm. raising a child in today's society to owning a dog. Really? Look, I've had two dogs at once for a while,
2: and a gerbil too. Oh, I miss that gerbil. Look, look, we're, we're
3: at our wit's end, and we, and believe me, we wouldn't be asking you to speak with her if we had not exhausted all other options. All we expect is for you to express to her how important a first impression is, and that people can draw the wrong conclusions by someone who's dressed like. Someone immersed in the cult. That's ridiculous. Honestly, she looks like a walking dead extra.
5: <laughs> As I said, I myself was never into the goth scene, but but I know some very nice people who were, so maybe I should be speaking with you and your wife instead, okay? Look, if you don't want to do this, I can ask somebody else to. Oh. Fine, okay, I will do it. Text your wife and tell her. I have like a minute or two at the end if okay. Kelsey wants to call into the show. Now just do your freaking job and see if our next guest is ready to go.
3: Oh, yeah, okay, thank you, Spud. And and yes, uh, I'm being told by the board, your next guest, Ken Zhong, is ready to go on the line. Yeah, you know, it's been about a year since he's been on the show. I need to catch up on what he's been up to. Well, he still has his show on ABC, Dr. Ken. That airs on Friday nights at 8.30. Uh-
5: what the hell, yo? That, are you trying to upstage me here? It's my job to say that kind of stuff when I begin the oh. interview. Do I infringe upon you and your duties? Well, I, I don't really have any duties. <laughs> if it ain't broke, why fix it, right? Just, just put Ken through. Okay, here he is. Please welcome back to the show comedian, actor, writer, producer, and yes, at one-time real-life doctor, Ken Jung. Thanks for coming back on our show, man.
1: Oh, my God. Thanks for having me, man.
5: Excellent. So let me state for the record, your ABC sitcom, Dr. Ken, airs each Friday night at 8.30 p.m., 7.30 Central. This is your second season, and you're also the executive producer. You wear so many other hats on the production, too, so many that the buck pretty much stops at you, right? That's a lot of pressure. You are the commander-in-chief of Dr. Ken.
1: Um, Yeah, one of them, yes, exactly. The other one is Mike cyclist who is the head writer and and the showrunner of the show, and he allows me to kind of run the show with him and and honestly, he he allows me to have internally before we go to Studio Network. He allows me to have final say. It's almost like a. He's been around the business for twenty years since since Friends. He was one of the original writers on Friends, and so w- what he's done. We, we're both big basketball fans, and so oh yeah. If, if he's he's Dwayne Wade to my LeBron James in the Miami Heat era, you know. Oh, yeah. Where he allowed me to. I remember last year. This was more of a Dwayne Wade team, and then. And I was just trying to fit in. And then this year, having a year of experience under my belt, he's allowed. You know, he's allowed me to lead. Allow me to lead the team. All
5: right. So, I'm a little older than you. I'm more in the, uh, the Michael uh, Scotty Pippen thing. But yeah. Anyway. All right. Um,
1: well. Uh, yeah. I'll, oh, me too. That's my favorite era of basketball. Absolutely.
5: And, yeah. Well, for this week's show, you have one of my favorite character actors, Jonathan Banks, who stole a show on Breaking Bad and currently on Better Call Saul. He's an amazing dramatic actor, but he does comedy too, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, we worked on Little No Fact, he was on Community for one year on this.
5: Oh yeah, that's
2: right.
1: And we worked together uh, that year, we became really good friends, and I wrote the part specifically with him in mind to play this guy. And so, we're really, I was just really excited to have him um, do this show, and we had so much fun, and it really was, it was even better than I expected. And we have such a great chemistry together, And, um, I think it has to do because we're, we're good friends. And he said something that was so nice to, you know, really meant a lot to me. And he said some, he said, some sets have like like TV or movie sets. Some sets have really good people. Some other sets have really good actors. You guys have both. And that meant a lot to me.
5: Oh yeah. Very cool. Well, is the goal to do like a hundred or so episodes to get a mega monster syndication deal and ride off into the sunset like Seinfeld and a few others, or do you want to do this show until you take your last breath on earth?
1: I'm, I think the latter. I think I, I, I want to do the show for the passion of doing the show. It's funny, like, I, you know, I, I, I had this conversation last night where we were trying, you know, I, for me, I've been very blessed with doing Community and The Hangover and other, other shows other, and having experience in other things. And I've been very, uh, I, you know, so it, it, I'm really glad to have done Dr. Ken at a certain phase of my career where I don't have a pressure to, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to next level it. You know, this show is not a stepping stone to do something else. You know, I'm not using this show so, you know, you know, I I can, I can, you know, have a feature length movie of Dr. Ken or something. You know, I'm not trying to do the animated movie, Dr. Ken. I'm not, it's funny, I'm not trying to get anything out of it except that uh, I love doing this show and, and it's something. I don't know, you're either passionate about something or you're not, and I just, I just care. The show is like my baby, and I just, you know, and I I just, and and like like your kids, you just want to, you just want to keep taking care of them because you love them.
5: Right. God I wish I had passion about my show all right well let's let's, let's, let's take a step back into the wayback machine for a moment in high school you were yeah. on the high IQ team and and played the violin too did the Jackson school give you the business because they knew you were going to grow up and be way more successful than them I mean I, it was probably plain as day and even they could see it
1: that's so funny like, I was there I always was a kind of a popular kid in high school in the sense that I always got along with everybody I never really i I've probably honestly where I developed a sense of humor and Probably why I became a comedian because I always just got along with everyone, and I would always deflect with a joke. You know, I would deflect any tense time, even in high school, with with just a joke. And I, I and so for me, I, I think the seeds of me doing comedy, even in high school, like I was just kind of, I always just had a good sense of humor about everything. And and, and for me, um, I always, you know, I never really had that kind of moment where I mean, definitely. There are people in, in showbiz particularly like, oh, I was picked on or I was a nerd and my success is my revenge on life. And I definitely tried not to do that because I think you run out of hate juice after a while. So, you know, so I, I really, for me, I, I think I just do this because I love it. I have an aptitude to do it. And it's just something I just really want to keep getting better at.
5: All right, all right, super.
1: Well, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs>
5: no, no, I, yeah, I, I get you, I get you. Well, when things, <laughs> yeah, seriously, uh, when things blew up for you, I gotta ask you this, though. Uh, after the Hangover movies, did any of your old medical school buddies hit you up for tips on how to break into Hollywood, too, like asking if your agent's phone number or something like that?
1: You know, that's a great question. Not really, but I do remember when that happened. There were a group of friends, like my core group of friends, including my wife, because I met my wife at work, they believed in me, and, but I had a lot of people, like older doctors, that they did not understand, and for good reason, because I'm quitting a six-figure job where yeah. I have a job for life. I, I do remember one of my old bosses saying, I can't believe you're leaving all this. And, uh, and, you know, And that scared me, because he was right. I didn't have a good response. I said, you're right, man. We'll see what happens. I really don't know what's going to happen.
5: Well, I, I can't believe your wife was the one that supported you and kind of pushed you along. I mean, what a great wife. i got to say that.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, I owe it all to her because she knew I was talented. She knew she married a comedian at heart. And I remember she told me that. I mean, when we got married, she goes, everyone thinks I'm marrying a doctor, but I know I'm marrying a, a, a comedian. Huh? And she encouraged that even when we dated. So, So just to have her support and love. I tell you, it's rare gem. Rare yeah, gem, man, I rare hear guy. that. I got really lucky,
5: man. I really did. Well, all right. Well, let me wrap this thing up by asking you what was your most memorable moment as an actual doctor prior to showbiz? I bet you got rave reviews as an internal medicine physician, your bedside manner. You know, must have killed, for lack of a better word. You, I mean, they must have loved to come to see the doctor when they, you know, they went to your office visits and stuff. Excuse me, spud.
3: Uh, but I was wondering if Ken, being a real doctor, might have some advice on how to treat a goth kid. Uh, he might have treated a patient for this in the
5: past. Hey Ken, uh, I'll be right back. Uh, yes, sir. I'm not going to ask Ken to give you a free consultation. That would be so tacky. Well, he seems like such a nice man, and I bet he is a
3: great doctor. S- of course, sp- he was, is. But I'm he, sure. He took the Hippocratic Oath, you know.
5: And that means he would have to at least respond if I said it's an emergency. But there is no emergency, and I think the bare minimum for doctors is do no harm. Yeah, there's nothing in that oath that says he has to waste time talking to you about this. Well, maybe so, but I still no. Could have... I said I would speak with her, your daughter. So back off and let me finish up this interview with Ken. Okay? That's oh, okay. Okay. All right.
1: Hey, Ken, I am back. I mean, you know, I what I what I really miss is just my favorite patient that i took care of for many years is you know i I definitely miss that and to to have that i don't know to have certain patients that you could joke around with as friends you know and you take care of them and you get invested in their lives and you care about them and it's that part of medicine I, i definitely truly miss and and we've explored more of those more of those themes on dr kent of the continuity of patient care you know, how important, you know, you know, taking care of patients are. You know, just, you know, the the good and the bad and the scars that come along with it. You right. Know, the burnout that happens. Is, it, it, it's something I would like to continue to explore on the show. Yeah. You
5: know? Right. Okay. So very, very, very cool.
1: All right. Well, uh, you got stuff
5: to do, so I'm going to let you go. So let me say to ah. our, our listeners, uh, Dr. Ken airs each Friday night at 830, 730 Central. So, uh, you know, I want to say thank you so much for coming back on our show. Okay.
1: Thank you. Thank you so
5: much, man. All right, Mr. Ken Jung.
7: For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spy Goodman Show.
5: show. <laughs> <laughs> it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome back to our show, the fabulous Mirror Gloss.
4: Hi. Uh, yeah. Hi hey, guys.
5: <laughs> give your name, birth sign, and favorite beetle. I always like to know that.
8: I'm Dell. I'm a Scorpio, and my favorite Beatles,
5: probably Paul, because I really like the wings. Mm.
8: Okay. <laughs> Nausea Monique, I'm a Cancer, and I just like John Lennon.
5: Mm. All right, super. <laughs> so you have a new record out titled Something New on Swoon Records. That label has some very cool bands on it, I must say. Uh, what can people expect if they pick up a copy of the new release?
8: So actually the album will be dropped on April 8th. Um, So it's not out quite yet, but we do have our single, which our video that's out on YouTube, on Facebook, you can find that. But um, if you're looking, when you pick it up, you're going to really just hear a lot of um, just kind of good old school electro pop. And
4: evolvement. We've
5: evolved a lot. All right. I like that. Um, Hey, if I could stir up a bit of dissension within you guys. I just thought (laughs) I'd do this. Which one of you is the most annoying, lovably annoying, I should say? It's a tag I've had to carry around since birth, maybe without the lovable caveat. God. oh
8: me. which one me oh it's both it's it no. goes both and four. No. I me
4: mean, me okay i'll take it <laughs> okay all right well, i wear it probably actuality. how about you so well you've... for
8: me i'm probably i'm sure she doesn't find her own self annoying so okay.
5: <laughs> all right she to ask but um so let me ask you this what is the one artist that the band plays all the time and one that you will not play no matter what on the way to like gigs or when you're hanging out together is there one band that's a must and one who's off limits to play while you're together
8: Wow. Um, I know one that uh, we like to sing along to when we're heading up to shows, getting the voice warmed up is Kimbra. She's uh, got a lot of great jazzy, big, loud, poppy, uh, very bright and somewhat intricate vocals. And it's really great for us to sing along to. We really enjoy it and okay. uh, stretches the vocals. Um, who would we not play? Smash Mouth. Probably <laughs> Or that, you know, on the way to a show or like ever. <laughs> <laughs>
5: No no Ted Nugent votes? No, nah, no, nah, we, we're nah. good. Actually, yeah, I don't like <laughs> right. that dude at all. All right, all right, there we go. Okay, well, I'm excited to hear the next tune. What's it called?
4: Oh,
8: <laughs> um, it's called Something New. It's the single of our first right. album. Yeah, yeah.
5: Let's do it.
4: You <laughs> are. Somewhere else, baby. You said it won't love from me. But so I'll find it somewhere I'll find it somewhere else, baby. You didn't want love for me. Well, so I'll find it somewhere else.
0: Goodman Radio Show.
7: Hey, man, this is Tommy Chong, and if you're listening to me, if you're listening to my voice right now, that means you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show, because I'm on that Spud Goodman Show every chance I get, man, because he's a real cool guy, and he's funny, and he gives you really good smoke if you beg him.
3: Hey, uh, Spud, yeah. your last guest, Teddy Sears, is waiting to speak with you. You
5: know, Teddy's one of those go-to actors in TV. Mm-hmm. He's been on like a whole lot of shows over the years. Right now he's on that Fox show, 24 Legacy, and and he's promoting an indie film he's starring in. You, you know, our family enjoyed him on The Flash. Yeah, I, I, I dug him on Masters of Sex on Showtime. He was really
3: good. Oh, Are you going to ask him about his sex life? I, I sure hope not, as that is not appropriate.
5: It was a, a TV t- show, dude, not a documentary on his life. Well, Can you keep a secret?
3: Still, it's a good rule of thumb to stay away from that sort of questioning.
5: What does rule of thumb really mean? I'm not up on any of your turn of the century sayings, and I mean I'm referring to the early 1900s, by the way. But just put him on, okay? Yeah, okay, here he is. I want to now welcome actor Teddy Sears to the show. Thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Yep. So you have a new movie out, uh, The Sounding, premiering in. San Jose tomorrow at the Cinequest Festival, and it will be opening at theaters nationwide, so people need to check locally for the date and time it will be playing in their area, right?
9: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And all that information uh, will be updated uh, on the thesoundingfilm.com. Uh, I don't have any more information besides just our, our world premiere tomorrow night at Cinequest in San Jose, but I, I do believe we will having a nice little rollout here after that.
5: All right, super. Um, can you give us a brief description of the storyline without giving away any cool surprises or the ending, because I don't want to have to do a spoiler alert or anything.
9: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I'll, I'll sort of try to describe it in the simplest terms. It's a, a story about a woman who lives a very unusual and unorthodox life on an island off the coast of Maine, which is where we shot the film, and a man who I play who is ultimately trying to understand why she is how she is. Uh, it's much deeper than that, but on, on the surface, it's sort of, you know, it's, it, 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 it goes into questions of, um, of uh, authenticity and integrity. And, you know, the, the female protagonist of the film, played by Catherine Eaton, who's the writer-director. And star uh, is, you know, is is one where she's challenged to, you know, to to live her her authenticity, to live her truth. You know, to use the kind of fuzzy. Right, right. Uh, you know, in the face of sort of overwhelming odds, and um, and it's it's beautiful. You know, like I said, it was shot off the coast of Maine, uh, and then we brought it into New York where we where we finished it up. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's sort of independent film at its best. And if you love good, unique stories, you definitely want to check out.
5: All right, super. Well, well, Teddy, you've been on a buttload of TV shows in addition to movies. <laughs> yeah. So, but right now you're yeah. co-starring on the series Twenty Four Legacy on Fox. You, you play a director of a counter-terrorist unit. Do you think our current president watches and picks up any pointers? He doesn't watch a lot of TV. Uh,
9: you know, it's funny. We were sort of wondering that as a cast. We were sitting around wondering like, well, I wonder, you know, because it's, it, it's you know, it's right on theme with, you know, USA kicking butt and all the hard work that, that goes on behind the scenes um, that, that we as citizens never know about, you know, all, all the yeah. things that, that, that have to get done to keep us safe. So we wondered. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that, you know, uh, maybe, or maybe, you know, maybe he'll binge it like everyone else used to right, right. Lock, lock himself in the oval office for a weekend and
5: just just hammer it right no. Well, he's not into the boring, regular uh, daily NSC briefing. so whatever it takes to get him up to speed. So I guess we, we thank you for your contributions. <laughs> so, all right. All right, moving on. So a few weeks ago, I was speaking with Sarah Silverman about the Showtime series Masters of Sex, another yeah. uh, show you are a uh, regular on. So your character, Austin, was a real player. You had to do some love scenes or more accurately, clinical testing as observers looked on and took notes. So how tough in real life would it be to have been that person that actually did this?
9: Uh... It's it's funny, you know, like especially when this the series started. Masters of Sex started in you know 1956, 57 is where it started. And so to be a guy like like my character, Austin Langham, who was a real libertine man, but but you know to be that guy 50, 60 years ago, um, it, it, you know that like, that's I don't know, like it, it, especially in an era when people weren't talking about. Sex openly it was not seen as a science by, by any stretch of the imagination. I think, you know, I listen, I could never pull it off, uh, but I, I had a good time, you know, trying to pull it off on TV. That was fun,
4: yeah, uh, you know, yeah,
9: playing without a net. And I actually, Sarah Silverman, one of the greatest uh, dynamite dramatic actress, uh, yes, I was lucky enough to have, um, to have some scenes with her. And I, you know, uh, it was like very serious on film, and then as soon as they called cut, she would be cracking jokes. In the back and making us all feel, you know, I don't know, like, uh, like the luckiest people in the world to have a private audience with Sarah Silverman. It was
5: great. Absolutely, um, she uh, defines multi-talented, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Does. But you know, on that topic, I was thinking for the not the non-Ron Jeremys of the world, it would take such guts to sign up that I, I don't know how, what they do. Like, put an ad in their own times of Craig, Craigslist or something. How the hell did they find these people that did that? But anyway, that's, anyway, never mind. I
9: love um. It. Uh, no, i know but by the way, I love the Ron Jeremy reference. That was really, that was pretty great. Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think I think. back then it was a word-of-mouth thing, and I think this is what uh, how it really happened was the character I played was based on a real guy who worked at the hospital who had a reputation for having, you know, for having extramarital yeah. affairs. Yeah. And, uh, and they recruited this guy, and he sort of, oh, in the name of science, oh, I'll do that, of course. I mean, if it's for science. Yeah, of course. Uh, for and, science, then it sort of then it sort of got yeah, for science. Then it sort of spread. I think people began to. A lot of people weren't talking about it, but a lot of people were were into it. So it became this sort of you know kind of thing that, especially students, because this was at, at Washington University. Eventually, or maybe sorry, no, sorry, Washu. Um, yeah, so a lot of like a lot of people were starting to get into it, but you know, it was like it's like the the little secrets that we have that um, we don't always talk about, but right. once once it's sort of on the table, everyone's like, you do that too? Yeah, yeah, I, I do that too.
5: Right? Yeah, it's it's just uh, I don't know. I, I, when I watch, uh, by the way, that show was amazing. I'm so sad it's canceled. But Spud, uh, hey Ted, uh, excuse me for just uh, just a brief moment. What?
3: Well. Once again, you've returned to the topic of that TV show about those sex doctors, Masters and Johnson. I told you when you were interviewing Sarah Silverman that any show that glorifies sex as a spectator sport
5: should not be allowed on the air. So I guess you would never have signed up to be a laboratory volunteer. I don't think I would have been brave enough either, but it's a pretty sweet setup if you don't mind a few sets of eyeballs on you. You No, I would absolutely not participate in
3: any public display of intimacy, even with my wife, as that would be so wrong.
5: Have you ever asked your wife about this kind of thing? You might be surprised by what desires she might have, like stored somewhere deep in the recesses of her mind. Oh, no, no, no. Even with the years of denial and burying her erotic needs, they could still surface at any time. So just be ready should it happen.
3: Well, I can assure you, my wife does not have any erotic desires. Really?
5: Okay. No, none whatsoever. Whatever, but you might want to at least ask her first before you deny her a, a full and satisfying sex life. I'm just saying. Oh, 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 her sex life is totally full and very satisfying. Okay. Yeah, now please, can we change the subject if you have any decency? Okay, fine, whatever. Let me get back to Teddy. All right, man, I have returned. Yes, yeah, bud. Um, I wanted to ask you this, did people on the street yep. treat you any differently when it was finally revealed on The Flash that, uh, you know, you were in fact a Hunter Zolomon, I mean, you were a bad guy, so did, did you get any blowback on that? Yeah,
9: yeah, oh yeah, 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 sure, but it was always, uh, it was always sort of with a smile, I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, how upset or angry people actually were, but when, when I would, when someone would come up to me... And, yeah, they, I, it was almost always the same kind of thing. It was like, oh, man, you broke my heart, man. I didn't see it coming, man. How could you do that, man? You know, it was always sort of, you know, I don't know, with, with, it, it, was with, it was with fun. Uh, but, it, yeah, it was great, man, it was great. Listen, I loved playing Jay Garrick. I was hoping that I was going to stay as, as Jay Garrick because he's that golden age flash, you know, Mr. Yeah. Square Jawed heroic, you know, do-gooder guy. But the bad guy's is always more fun to play. And once I started doing that, I felt like, you know what, man, this is this is so much more there. There's so much sort of, there's a lot more colors. It's a lot more sort of sinister. And that's really fun. That's also a big departure from how I am in my life. So it was really fun to play with
5: all that stuff. All right, super. Well, this is my last question because I know you got stuff to do. Um, so you're a surfer. <laughs> You also compete in triathlon. so I was I was just wondering, do you try and find roles in projects that sh- that shoot near the ocean? Is that ever doable? <laughs> you know what's
9: funny? So much now leaves Los Angeles, and I know that the state's trying to correct that and bring production back. But so much shoots somewhere else. I mean, the flash was in Vancouver, so I was there more or less for nine months, and then twenty four legacy shot in Atlanta. So I would love to say that I have the kind of pull or I could say, you know what, guys, I- I'm only gonna do that series if it shoots in l a. And if, if I ever tried to pull that stuff, I would be recast, you know, <laughs> faster than I could, you know, than, than, than. well. So, uh, no, I, but I, 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 when I'm not shooting, I am constantly by the water. I'm actually
5: looking at it right now. Um, and uh, we don't always get, get to. You're looking at the water right now? Then let me get the heck off the phone so you can get, do some surfing. All right? Geez, oh, I had no idea. I was oh, harsh in oh, that. Yeah, okay. yeah, well, it's, it, it's flat today. It's all right. Up. All right. There you go. Yeah. Well, let me let me there let, we let we you have. go because I know you got you got stuff to do. So let me remind everyone that your new film, The Sounding, is now out, and everyone needs to check their local theater listings as to when it will be playing in their city. So I want to say thank you so much for coming on our show.
9: Man, thank you so much for
1: having me. This was great fun.
5: All right. Mr. Teddy Sears.
1: My! How
3: time flies! Uh, Spud, I believe my wife has Kelsey on the phone to speak with you. Uh, The interns have said she's ready to go. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I can do this. Okay, well, again, we are grateful for your help on this, Spud. Just put her on. Okay. Uh, Kelsey, honey, are you there?
5: Yes, Daddy, it's me. Hey, Kelsey, uh, this is Spud. How you doing?
6: Okay, I guess. I don't know what my parents have told you, but there's no problem here.
5: Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure of that myself, but they want me to, like, I don't know, talk to you just for a moment, you know, to see if everything's going okay.
6: Well, it was until my mother confiscated all my makeup and I had to borrow some from my friends.
3: Oh, great. Uh, Kelsey, maybe you could just give your face a break for a few days and let your pores breathe. My gosh, that makeup, it looks like you put it on with a trawl.
6: Seriously. Seriously. Daddy, do I not have a 3.9 GPA so far in middle school? Most parents would be right. very happy with that. Yes. I do my chores, right? Yeah, I don't drink or do drugs, and I still believe sex is not an appropriate thing at my age.
3: Oh, my goodness. Kelsey, if your mother is nearby right now, would you please see if she's doing Okay.
6: She's fine. I know the look she's giving me. Mom is just chilling on the couch listening right now.
3: Well, Rachel, if you can hear me, just know that we do have a lot to be grateful for here. Kelsey is doing fabulous in all other areas, so we really should feel fortunate.
6: Thanks,
3: Daddy. Now, that being said, do you think you could maybe tone down the makeup a bit and maybe wear something other than black
5: just occasionally, especially to church activities? I don't see anything wrong with basic black. I mean, man, it's very simple. You never have to worry about matching up colors.
3: Ooh, yeah it works for me yes but a black t-shirt and jeans is different than our little kelsey looking like morticia on that old adams family tv show you know no offense here honey but it can be a bit startling at the breakfast table each morning i'm still not quite adjusted to it
6: okay how about we make a deal here i will meet you and mom halfway i will dress like all the other boring and invisible kids at my school okay
3: really that is great to hear did your mother just hear that Um,
6: I think so. She looks pretty happy right now. So I was going to do this anyway, because after P.E., it's hard to fix my makeup. I usually am late for algebra afterwards, so this is just easier all around.
3: Okay, well, how about church services?
6: That's ridiculous. Okay, but only church services. At the activities at night, I can dress like I want to. That's what I'm agreeing to here. During the day, I can handle dressing the way you and Mom want me to, but at night, I can dress in what I feel comfortable in. That
3: sounds reasonable. Kelsey, you're in the eighth grade. Are, Are you talking about going to nightclubs or something? Because that
5: is not happening.
6: No, when my friends are having birthday parties, school dances, family gatherings. That kind of stuff. Oh.
5: Listen, dude, I'm not your attorney here, but I would highly advise you to take the deal. It's <laughs> Jack what you're saying. Yeah, Honey, would you consider
3: cutting back a bit on the eyeshadow when you do your dress-up thing? You look so scary. Daddy, uh, don't take this the wrong
6: way, but you're not a fashion guy, and you don't really know a lot about makeup. Well, Actually, neither does Mom, so I have this under control.
5: Uh, so, hey, once more, I've pretty much solved another problem. Yes. Kelsey, let's end this conversation because I know what you want to do. You want to, like, do what kids do at your age. So just take care of yourself, and hopefully I'll talk to you again soon, okay? Okay, Thanks. It was
2: nice talking to you. Goodbye, Spud.
3: Yeah, bye. Uh, Bye, honey. Oh, she she already hung up.
5: I I wanted to speak with her mother, but uh, I guess oh well.
2: Oh, she sounds great. You know, one of the interns
5: suggested a few weeks ago that we should turn this show into a hipper Dr. Phil show. Because it wouldn't be that tough. I can make people cry and get all defensive on the air. And I don't look like a state farm agent
2: either. That would be a plus. I am pregnant. Wait, I think Dr. Phil is hot. I'm just saying. All
3: I know is my wife and I are very thankful you stepped up to help. Thank you
5: very much, Spud. This is a family crisis averted. Yeah, you're welcome. Now let me say goodbye as I have more important things to do after the show, all right? I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Copyright 2017, Spud Goodman Productions.